Welcome to the Gonzo Moe News Broom Anime Podcast. It's weird that it feels like I was just doing one of these, because the last episode definitely came out on Monday like it was supposed to, and not on Saturday. Good lord, I cannot wait for unemployment. I, I finished my current job in one month. I have been working 60 hours minimum a week since the end of October, and uh, my entire body hurts. One way to make the pain go away is by sending me feedback on Twitter, gonzo.moe. I'm always on Twitter. It is a terrible, miserable addiction. I also have email, but nobody uses email anymore. Gonzo.moe at gmail.com. You should probably also subscribe to the podcast. It's on iTunes. It's on Google. It's on Spotify. If you don't want to subscribe to the podcast, at least lie to me. I have no way of verifying whether you're telling the truth or not, because even in the year 2021, there is still no accurate way of getting podcast statistics. Before I get into the news, I would like to tell a story. It's a story of great highs and even greater lows. It's a story that I'm mildly embarrassed of, but I need to tell it because if I don't, what was it for? If you remember a couple weeks ago, I was talking about how I wanted to finally watch Dragon Ball Z from start to finish. Dragon Ball Z is a series that's always existed around me. I've never seen all of it, but I've known enough about it that I I didn't feel that I needed to. Uh, I'd seen the Android Saga, the Cell Saga, and most of the first season, and other than that, I'd really only seen a handful of episodes. Most of my knowledge of the remaining arcs I got from playing Legacy of Goku 1, 2, and 3 on the Game Boy Advance. And so I, I decided I wanted to finally at least attempt to watch this series from start to finish. And so it was, I think it was two episodes ago, I was talking about the struggle of trying to figure out which of the Blu-ray sets or DVD sets would would be the best to uh, attempt to do this with. I know I could have watched it streaming on Funimation, but I wanted to have the ability to switch between the Japanese and the American version of the show as well, switch between the theme songs, because this was a show that came out when Funimation was still replacing all of the music. So after admittedly minimal research, I landed on the Steelbook sets that Funimation is currently releasing. They might all be out, but the newest sets. And as I was waiting for my first set to ship from Right Stuff, I decided to watch a YouTube video that talked about this release and, and what it entailed. And the person doing the video mentioned something that I didn't know existed. They were talking about a 30th anniversary Blu-ray box set of Dragon Ball Z that came with the entire series, and I think it came with a booklet and, like, a Goku figure. And they mentioned that the discs that come in the Steelbook are the exact same discs that came in this set. And that piqued my interest, because I like having special things. There were only a couple thousand of these sets made, and when I did the math and compared the prices between the two, I realized that it was about the same amount of money to purchase all of the Blu-ray steelbooks versus getting this set in one go. Comes out to be around $450-$500. You have to obviously factor in shipping and tax, but I decided... Let's see if I can talk somebody down to $500. A lot of these Blu-ray collector sets on eBay were going for like $600, $700. So I found somebody in the lower range, and I talked them down to $475. I thought that was reasonable. It was maybe $20 more than if I bought all of these steelbooks. Uh, Now, obviously, buying all the steelbooks, I might have been paying more for shipping over time. So it, it could have actually ended up being cheaper. 
So here I am about to make a really irresponsible decision and spend $500 on Dragon Ball Z, a show that I'm only mildly interested in. But I just got my stimulus, and I've never been responsible with money to begin with, so I decided to pull the trigger. Now, for a terribly irresponsible purchasing decision, this is definitely one that I'm very excited for. Because even though it's $500 now, I've already seen that because there's so few of them, that the value is going to slowly increase over time. Try to find a Dragon Box on eBay for under $1,000 right now. You can't do it. Now I'm hyped about this. I'm telling my coworkers who don't care about anime. My one of my coworkers, Ed, is most interested in whether or not it comes with the Goku figure because that was not listed in the uh, listing. This was one of the cheaper ones, so it's possible that they were keeping the figure and just selling the DVDs. We didn't know, and we weren't gonna know until it showed up. So the day finally comes where the set is set to arrive. Incidentally, it's the same day that back in the 80s that Dragon Ball Z started airing. It's almost like the gods above are telling me that I made the right decision in buying this box set. And Ed says to me, did you get this sent to the post office? Does it have a signature required? You might, you know, just because it's so expensive, aren't you worried about it getting stolen? And I say to Ed, that's ridiculous, Ed. Nobody would steal this box set. You know, it, the, the, all the packages at my apartment get brought inside and it's going to be behind a locked door and it's perfectly safe. You know, I've ordered a dozen things. It's going to be fine. Well, it got stolen. I came home to find the lobby completely torn apart. All of the packages were ripped open. The only thing that had not been stolen was also a package of mine and it was because it was a hundred pounds. It was a TV stand. And uh, that was really hard to get up the stairs alone. One, because it weighs so much, but also I had the additional weight of having let Goku down on my shoulders. Now, I know that I will never see this box set again, but I think, well, there's cameras in the lobby. It wouldn't hurt to file a police report and have them watch the footage and see if they can find out who stole this package. So I, I contact my landlord and I have them set aside the footage for the day. I call the police. They show up four hours later. It's one in the morning. I'm drunk on wine and I'm trying to tell these two police officers about my Dragon Ball Z box set. Now, fortunately, one of the officers was a Dragon Ball Z fan. I don't know what the odds are for that, but he was pretty upset too that the box set was stolen because they were like, so what was the item, you know, that got stolen? I said, well, it's a Dragon Ball Z collector's box set. And the other officer, the, not the one that wasn't asking the questions, his, he lit up and he's like, Dragon Ball Z, like the whole show? I was like, yeah, it was the whole show. And he's like, man, that sucks. And so obviously they tell me like, hey, you know, the odds of this showing up and, and you getting it back is, is really low. But because it's a limited edition, I have a serial number and they tell me like, just check eBay, check Craigslist and call them if I see anything. And before they leave the other cop, he's like, you know, I'm really sorry this happened, man. But like, are you going to, you going to try to buy another one? Like it sounded like it was a really cool set and it might've even come with a Goku. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm never going to know if it came with a Goku. 
And you know, the thing about this that's so embarrassing, it's not that I spent an exorbitant amount of money on anime that got stolen. It's not about that I didn't know whether this came with a figure or not. It's that I don't care for law enforcement. I think they abuse power. I don't think they work in our best interests. And it took a goddamn worldwide movement for a single police officer to finally be held accountable for murdering somebody. And so while I'm trying to give my statement to two police officers in my apartment lobby, barefoot, drunk on red wine at one in the morning, I keep hearing Ben Shapiro in the back of my head saying, and, and it's just, it's just, it's just classic liberal move. They're always fuck the police until someone steals Goku. Anyway, let's talk about the news. Where are the demons? Bring on the pain! <laughs> Whoa, the first piece of news is something I'm doing. Do you remember Anime Lockdown? It was a virtual anime convention that me and Tony did last year. We're going to do it again. It was a really, <laughs> speak of impulsive, it was a really impulsive thing. I decided to date yesterday, two days ago, and posted it without running it by anybody. And then today I opened up panel submissions. Today is Sunday, May 2. Uh, panel submissions are going to be open until June 20th, I think. I wanted to give people about two months to work on their panels and then an additional two weeks for, you know, final preparations and whatnot. The convention is going to be July 9th through 11th. I wanted to have it sooner, but I have to wait until this job is done, which won't be until May 28th. And then I, it slipped my mind that my mom is coming to visit New York for two weeks in June, so I pushed it even further, and then I realized that Anime Expo was happening the first week of July, so that is how we ended up with July 9th through 11th. I plan to run things mostly the same, at least from the panel presentation standpoint. It's going to be one Twitch channel with, I think it's like 24, 25 panels. I don't know if we're going to have guests or industry panels this year or a rave. I haven't talked to any of these people yet. I imagine getting guests and industry guests will be a little more difficult just because it has been a year since uh, all this started and those people have a lot more resources available to them to do bigger and better things. Uh, but I think it should be fun to do panels. Nonetheless, there's a lot of people that are excited. I almost didn't do it. Uh, I didn't think it was necessary to still have anime lockdown because there were so many bigger and better uh, online anime conventions. And I kind of sad tweeted on the anime lockdown Twitter, like, hey, do you even need us anymore? And everyone was like, actually, we thought you were the best one and uh, you should come back. So there we're doing it. We're coming back. There's still a lot of details to work out, but I gave us twice as much time to uh, work on that. So it should be fun. I changed the color of the convention to a pastel yellow because I thought the, the orange was really offensive on the eyes. So why not make it yellow? Because that's not also obnoxious to look at. But this is really lame. I looked up that yellow represents hope. And I hope that we don't have to keep doing online conventions for much longer. So anime lockdown, I hope to see everybody in July. Let's talk about news that is being done by the anime industry. Uh, you remember Kuroku's Basketball? That's a show that probably almost killed people. There, there was so much nonsense surrounding the release of that show. There was, it was like a, a friend of a friend of the mangaka was sending threatening letters and mysterious white powder to all these like doujinshi events. 
That to me is like the predominant memory for Kuroku's basketball. And it's the only reason I'm bringing up this story because I've never actually met anybody that has watched it. Season two is going to be on Netflix on May 15th. Something that I did watch was Yashihime. That's getting a second season. We already knew that, but it's a little more details are released now. Fall 2021. For as messy as that show was, I sure do miss it. I didn't enjoy it very much as I was watching it. In fact, I have an unreleased like 2,000 word rant about how angry that show made me. But the log- the longer that it's been since it was on, the more I-, I really do like that universe. I just wish that it was treated with a bit more respect. And uh, near the tail end of that first season, it did start to improve. I don't want to ruin too much and spoil too many of the surprises but they do fight in space and that is something that does not happen in inuyasha so it was very surprising and now i want more of it and you know despite yashihime being available on crunchyroll verve and i think also hulu i intentionally watched it on the funimation app which isn't great but in theory is getting better funimation uh recently updated the ps4 and the ps5 app to their newest iteration it came out on the switch first this was back uh like two or two or three months ago i'm not sure why they did the switch first it's okay i remember experimenting with it a little bit i'm not totally in love with the new version but i also don't care for the current version it's it's especially troubling when you try to use it on your phone or your ipad i i recently have been uh, using the offline view features so i can watch anime on my lunch break because uh, i i don't get wi-fi at work all the time and it downloaded the offline episodes in a resolution that some would call unwatchable. I haven't experimented with the PS4 version of their app. I cannot imagine there's a world where it can get worse. Hopefully they fix the things with the mobile app soon enough, but I will not get my hopes up. Retro Crush, that's an app that I keep forgetting to download. They are adding more anime. They're going to be adding a bunch of anime every Friday in the month of May. On May 7th, Star Ocean EX. On May 14th, Barefoot Gen, Barefoot Gen 2, and The Law of Ueki. On May 21st, Nutcracker Fantasy. I'm not familiar with that one. On May 28th, Starfleet, parentheses, Super Space Machine X Bomber as well as NG Night Lamune and 40 versus Night Lamune and 40 Fresh and versus Lamune and 40 Fire. That last one is a series that I came dangerously close to buying on Right Stuff when uh, Discotech released it. The Knights of Lamune series, whatever we want to call that universe, it was one of the first anime DVDs I ever bought. And I've, I've told this story on a podcast in the past. The very first podcast i ever did no it was the second one uh the the second episode of the fight bait anime podcast back in 2008 i reviewed the ova series which was weirdly pornographic it was six episodes long i think each episode was an hour long it's 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 unbearable and i got it because it said from the screenwriter of slayers and my stupid high school brain was like i heard that show's good and there's like six hours of anime on this it's only twenty dollars what could possibly go wrong what could possibly go wrong well everything went wrong because it's a terrible show and i've been meaning to resubmit myself to that pain 
ever since. And I, I think that the TV show might actually be all right, because I watched some of it back in 2008. There were a handful of, of fan-subbed episodes available, and it's just like a normal kids fighting in a giant robot show. I don't know how it turned into the weird porn OVA that it did, but part of me wants to know how it happened. Another thing that I don't have the answer to is the WWE anime that apparently was sold to Crunchyroll. No one knows what's happening. I guess on some podcast, the, the president of the WWE, who is apparently not Vince McMahon, I don't know what's going on in wrestling these days, but they said they sold a multi multiple episode anime series to Crunchyroll and no one is willing to talk about it. It's just such a strange piece of news I had to bring it up. Uh, My Hero Academia, the mangaka of My Hero Academia, Kohei Hirokoshi, has confirmed that they are still heading towards the planned ending of the manga. Y you know, who knows what that is, uh, but at least what he's saying is that he had this idea for how he wants it to end before he started the series and that he's still on track to do that. You know, maybe it could be two or three years. You never know when this stuff happens. When Chainsaw Man said it was headed towards its end, it ended in like two more chapters. When One Piece said it was heading towards its end, you know, that was four or five years ago. Uh, I don't even know how to speculate on how My Hero is going to end because I only watched the anime and it's, you know, at least a hundred manga chapters behind. So I don't know what's going on uh, currently in the series. So I think it was on the very first episode of the News Broom, the pilot episode, if you will, I talked about how Metal Skin Panic Madox 01 was going to get a Kickstarter. Well, that was launched on Friday, and they made their goal in 42 minutes. As of this recording, they are at 117585 of their $50,000 goal. So it's probably a safe bet that you're going to get that Blu-ray if you pledge for it, because Animago, as far as I'm aware, has always made true on their promises. I think it says by the end of the year. I know that it sometimes takes a bit longer. It's, it's hard to get those predictions right. Uh, this is an interesting story because they originally thought that it was lost forever, and then they found it on accident, and that's how we also found out about the Project ACO film print. So... I, I really like uh, Madox. I only saw it a couple times. I sold the DVD for a lot of money on eBay. Uh, something I didn't know was that this was the very first anime release that uh, Animego ever put out back in 1990. So if you want to get a piece of that, I think there's two tiers. There's like a $30 tier and there's a $60 tier for the Blu-ray. I think the 30 is just a basic set and then the 60 is like the special edition. So... I'm a big fan of their releases. I have the Megazone 2.3 and the uh, Bubblegum Crisis Blu-rays that they kick-started. So I look forward to more of uh, what they have to offer. Uh, Tubi is adding more anime. Onihei. I don't, I don't know this show. I've never heard of it. Uh, it is a samurai period piece from 2017. It caught my eye because it said that this aired aired, quote-unquote, as part of the anime strike service on Amazon. I also just think it's interesting that Tubi is ramping up their anime side of things. It seems that every couple days they're adding more and more anime. And I, I also just think it's cool that a free service is making anime more available to people. Uh, Sentai Filmworks, they are bringing Razafon back with a Blu-ray release in July. I don't 
really have a comment for this one. Twitter was weirdly excited about Rosafon. I've always heard people refer to Rosafon as Evangelion Light. I have not watched either of those shows to completion, so I cannot confirm nor deny that. Anime Fest 2021. This was an anime convention in Texas. They have canceled their event and they are moving forward with an online event in July. Hopefully, not the same weekend as Anime Lockdown. What's interesting about this is that Anime News Network seems to only report on some online anime conventions. Not all of them. I remember when Anime Lockdown uh, had exclusive anime announcements, they like very quietly mentioned us in the article. And it's like, come on, guys, what are we doing here? There was another example recently of like there being secret information a few paragraphs into a story about something else. They they were talking about how Funimation was going to be streaming the dub of this show called Sunny Boy. Now, I don't I don't know anything about Sunny Boy, but like three paragraphs in they they were saying they're going to be streaming a bunch of Nozomi titles that weren't previously on the service, and those are Magic Users Club, Princess 9, You're Being Summoned, Azazel, and Emma of Victorian Romance. They're also going to be adding some more of their own stuff, like the Tokyo Ghoul OVAs, as well as the English dub for Strike Witches Road to Berlin. And that one's particularly interesting, because when Strike Witches Road to Berlin was first airing, Funimation accidentally listed it on their service and then took it down like the next day, and everyone thought that they lost the license. And it's like, well, no, no, they just only were going to release the dub, and then the you know, I don't know where the subtitled version was going. Crunchyroll, probably. I don't watch Strike Witches. Who do you think I am? Speaking of Crunchyroll, they are adding a show from 2011 called Neonpire. That was a Gonzo joint. You remember Gonzo? That is not where we got our name, I promise. Gonzo's reputation was always that their show would start off really promising and then fizzle out. So I guess in some ways it, it's not totally inaccurate to compare them to us. Does anybody read the Arrow Manga Sensei manga? It feels weird to say manga twice there. Well, uh, it's ending on May 27th. Um, I'm bad for telling you that. Uh, speaking of written things, Katakawa has acquired the U.S. publishing company J Novel Club. Is that a good thing? I don't know. I don't read light novels. So uh, J Novel Club, it sounds like they're a digital company that does digital light novels. So I guess if you're into that, this might be good or it might be the worst thing ever. I guess that's for you to decide. You remember Pokemon? Pokemon still exists. Of course you know what Pokemon is, because you're not living under a rock. Pokemon Go Fest is returning July 17th through 18th. It's a worldwide event. Is it going to be in person or not? They haven't said anything. You know who has said something, though? My boss. My boss came up to me the other day, and he said... You know that Pokemon thing? Is it still relevant? Do people still play Pokemon? And I looked at him and I almost spit in his face. I said to him, I said, boss, are you out of your mind? Pokemon Go is so popular that it's made more money than the entire Pokemon franchise history combined. What do you mean do people still play Pokemon? Get the fuck out of here. I quit. You're fired, actually. I'm the boss now. High Dive. Let's talk about High Dive. They're streaming Twittering Birds Never Fly. That is a really innocent title for an anime that I'm pretty sure is about Yakuza that fuck the shit out of each other. Uh, <laughs> I, 
I'm out of control. I need to watch this because that's, you know, I don't know if that's what it's about, but that's what the description implies to me. Uh, Netflix, they're doing a thing. The Sailor Moon Eternal movies, they're coming on June 3rd. Eureka 7, they still make movies. Did you know that? I haven't thought about Eureka 7 since it aired on Adult Swim. And I didn't watch it then because the character designs frightened me. But my memory of Eureka 7 is from when I went to see one of the people that writes for that show, Dai Sato. He spoke at an event called School Girls in Mobile Suits, which was at MCAD, the Minneapolis College of Art and Design. And the translator referred to it as Eureka 7 during one of the fan questions. And somebody stood up and said, um, actually, it's pronounced Eureka 7. And uh, that has got to be the most obnoxious thing that I've ever seen somebody do at an anime event. All right, we're getting close to the end. We got some Demon Slayer news. You knew it was coming. Demon Slayer had a ridiculously good opening. On the last episode, I said that it was number one in the box office, but that was just based on Friday estimates. It ended up getting number two in the U.S. box office. It made like $21 million. It uh, was beat by Mortal Kombat, which only made like a million more, which is unbelievably good. Uh, so apparently it has one of the biggest open opens for a foreign language film. And the language is a bit confusing because they said that Pokemon, the first movie had a $30 million open, but I think they might be talking about for a subtitled film. This is the most successful subtitled open that's ever happened. Uh, because that is definitely a $10 million difference. Either way, that's a shitload of money. And it, it, you know, not to get back on what I was talking about last week with unions, but it sure would have been nice if the biggest movie in Japanese history would have been dubbed under a union contract. You think about this actor that plays Tanjiro in that, the lead actor in one of the biggest anime movies of all time, Zach Aguilar, I think is his name. Now, depending on whether this was dubbed in LA or Texas, you know, he's probably making between 35 and $75 an hour and not making residuals. So we could guess, I don't know how long it takes to dub a movie. So he probably made between $2,000 and $4,000 to dub this film. Meanwhile, Sony and Funimation are raking in $22 million. It's, it's fucking unbelievable. And it's the same problem in Japan. There was an interview that came out on, I think it was Otaki USA, where one of the Japanese actors is like, yeah, I really didn't get paid that much money to work on this show. And it doesn't matter how popular it is. I don't make any more money. So I really hope that things like this are getting the attention of SAG-AFTRA and they're looking at it like, look, this movie made fucking $20 million and you're still doing a non-union contract? Get the fuck out of here. The other piece of Demon Slayer news is pretty funny. Uh, it was accidentally put on the PlayStation Store very briefly. Uh, it's supposed to come out, I think, in June or July, and they released both the dubbed and the subtitled version on the PlayStation Network, and you could buy it and watch it, and people did. And what was interesting about that is that they took it off and refunded the people that bought it. Now, it was out long enough for it to end up on the piracy sites, and the fan reaction has been very interesting. So they're like, oh, Sony, you sure fucked up, or someone's going to get fired, or now no one's going to go see this movie. And it's like... This movie has sold more tickets than any movie in Japanese history, and it almost outsold an American film and became number two in the fucking box office. Like, I think they're going to be okay. And yeah, some people are going to choose to download it instead of going to see it in theaters, but one, you can't pirate the theater experience, and two, it seems like they've already made enough money where it's like the people that were going to go see it in theaters already did it. 
Finally, the last piece of news, and it's something that I'm I'm kind of not sure how I feel. So the author of Welcome to the NHK, Tatsuhiko Takimoto, they wrote a sequel. Now, I didn't know that this was in the works. I don't think anybody knew that it was in the works. But according to this article, it's already done, and it's going to be coming out soon. Probably not in English. So Welcome to the NHK has been one of my favorite stories for a long time. As somebody that struggled with social anxiety, I've seen myself a lot in Sauto, this person that's just like super neurotic and and has crippling social anxiety. Now I've gotten over most of it in, in, in that I, you know, it's my job to talk to like a hundred people a day. And if I can't do it, I can't do my job. But if left to my druthers, I would probably just stay inside all day ordering takeout and drinking. So welcome to the NHK has a special place in my heart for that reason. And I thought that the story ended pretty satisfactorily. Like he was starting to get his life back in order and you know, his problems didn't go away. He just had to finally face them. And so I don't know if a sequel was necessary or what a sequel could be about. And it's possible that I'm not going to find out because the likeliness of this getting released in English is very low. Uh, I don't know how well the book or the manga or the anime did over here. The book has been out of print for quite some time. The manga, I think, is available digitally from Viz, and the anime is all but non-existent. I I believe you can still stream it on Funimation's uh, website, but it's been out of print as far as I'm aware uh, from any home video standpoint for several years. And the fact that none of this author's other work has really been available in English tells me that we're probably not going to see this. There there was a movie called Negative Happy Chainsaw Edge that came out very briefly, uh, but the manga for that I don't think was ever released. There's also the fact that he's working on an isekai manga right now that I don't think is available in English in any way, whether it be scanlations or an official release. And I'm also certain that Gonzo.moe is the only website that reported on that when it was announced. So while I'm on the fence about whether I should be excited about this or not, it's also very unlikely that I'm going to be able to read it. So that is another episode of the Anime News Broom Gonzo.moe podcast. I don't know what this show's called. I started drinking a beer halfway through the recording of this called Hop Commander. And while it's a bit higher in alcohol content than I'm used to, it must also be high in sugar content because I have been speaking at a mile a minute. Maybe there's cocaine in this beer. Anyway... Uh, Download the Gonzo.moe podcast. It's on iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on Google. I almost said it's on Twitter. I guess it's there too. Gonzo.moe. You can talk to me. Anime Lockdown is coming July 9th through 11th. I probably won't be announcing a ton in the next month. the, The extra two months, or the extra month, is mostly so people have more time to work on their panels. Because I, I can't really do anything until those panels are decided. I can't make the guidebook. I can't, you know, make all the graphics until I've decided what, uh, what we're going to do. So you probably won't hear a lot from me. But if you do have a panel that you would like to submit, go to AnimeLockdown.com. You can find the panel submission form on there. It should be fun. I... Um, I really liked the vibe that we had last year, and I hope to uh, re- rekindle? Re- redo? I-, I-, I don't know. We're going to try to do a show again, and uh, hopefully people actually show up to watch it. Anyway, I'll see you later, kids. I did the kids thing again. God damn it.